Welcome to Scream Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist, who was telling me that I was bipolar. I was released with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for about a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using music for therapy and as a way to escape. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. Mike Friedman, also known as Dr. Mike, runs a psychotherapy and coaching program that focuses on humanistic therapy models. With those concepts in mind, Dr. Mike and his wife started Hardcore Humanism, which also includes a blog, podcast, and a regular column in Psychology Today. Similar to Dr. Steven Danziger, a previous guest on Scream Therapy, Dr. Mike has a background in punk, metal, and underground music. He came in late to the scene in his 30s, but when he discovered it, the doors blew wide open. He was stoked on the community, culture, and belonging that went along with the scene. And I've heard this one before, but I never stopped loving it. He doesn't know where he'd be without the underground music scene. Dr. Mike's style of therapy meshes well with his background in punk. It's pragmatic, empathic, and uses results-based assessments. Plus, he took his 10-year-old son to see Cro-Mags for his son's first-ever punk hardcore show, Best Dad Ever. This is Dr. Mike Friedman. I am a clinical psychologist, and I have been also, through the course of my life, a, a vocalist in a punk metal band through different outlets, Psychology Today, Huffington Post, interview a lot of different musicians, artists, comedians, actors about their mental health, a lot of people from the punk rock world, and recently co-founded something called Hardcore Humanism, which is a psychotherapy and coaching program, but also a media platform and podcast. It's basically, you know, to a certain extent, based on humanistic psychology. With humanism, it's like, well, we're going to be hardcore humanism. You're going to be more compassionate, more empathic, more anti-stigma, more helping people discover their purpose and actualize, and ultimately, you know, really more focused on helping people go through the nuts and bolts of how to get what they want uh, so they can live the life that they want. One of the main parts of screen therapy is the idea that punk rock is therapy for folks. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it, it certainly was for me. Um, the way that I had come to it was I'd always been into music my whole life, you know, somewhere in the, the rock metal world, like depending on what you consider rock, what you consider metal, a little bit of punk, but not really like, you know, a little bit of the Ramones and stuff like that. But when I was in my 30s, I, you know, I found myself in kind of a tough place and I wasn't particularly happy with my life. I didn't feel very connected to a lot. And so during one night when I was back when I was drinking more, I got drunk one night and I just I babbled to my friends that I wish I could sing in a band. And they bought me a singing lesson for my birthday. And I took a couple of lessons, but I can't sing. But a friend of mine told me about going on to Craigslist. And so I applied to try out for an alternative rock band, um, <laughs> which was, and I'm not really sure why I thought that that would work out okay. But anyway, so this session was like a jam session and I'd never been in any kind of musical you know, scenario before. And as they were playing, I realized like they were really good players and I thought everyone was going to be like me. And I was there for like a half hour and it was so upsetting 
that I almost started crying. And at some point I just started screaming into the microphone because I think I was just so upset. And so, you know, having been convinced that I had just blown <laughs> another opportunity in my life, you know, I walked out and I wrote a thank you note, like, you know, the next day, thank you for inviting me and all that. They contacted me back and he had said, hey, you know, we were going to do an alternative band, but with your voice, we were thinking maybe of like more of a hardcore or a thrash band. I said, this is awkward. I, I actually don't know what those words mean. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, are you, what are you referring to? Once I started doing that, I felt like my life just completely changed. Every day, I just was like looking to write a song or looking to read about someone or listen to the music. I used to just like, my days would waste away. And now I just felt like I didn't have enough time. I saw how much punk and metal kind of animated me. And I, I was a clinical psychologist. I should have known in theory how to, you know, how to deal with things like emptiness or loneliness or depression. But here came along this whole art medium and this culture and this community and it completely changed my life. And I didn't even know that I was missing it. I didn't even know that it was the right place for me. So it was kind of a shock. So you've been to lots of shows. You've walked into punk venues. What's the feeling you get when you get in there? Is it a sense of belonging, of safety? Well, you know, what was interesting was, I'll tell you two stories. When I interviewed Mark Greenway of Napalm Death and Buzz Osborne of the Melvins, it was at Webster Hall. I don't remember if it was Napalm Death or if it was Melvins. I was sitting right near the, the dressing room for Napalm Death. I was looking down and the pit was just like flying. And then all of a sudden, as if everyone was like tuned into the same frequency, everybody just stopped. I was like, shit, what happened? And it was like, and everyone took out their phones and was putting their lights on. And then all of a sudden you see someone hold up a pair of glasses and give the thumbs up and everybody else gave the thumbs up and then they started like going crazy again. And when people like, ask what's it like at a punk concert what's it like at a metal concert that's what it's like it's kind of this communal feeling where you know everyone's there for the same cause like we want to get that energy out we want to celebrate the bands that we like it's embedded in a fundamental you know we're here to heal wounds we're not here to cause wounds yeah and so like there were these shows um hardcore matinees down at niagara in the east village which which used to be a7 where bad brains played and all that kind of stuff and so I would go down there with my son. You know, my son was, was 10 at the time. Like his first concert, I think when he was eight, was the Cro-Mags and Sheer Terror. And, you know, then we would go to these A7 shows. And it was just the best feeling. Like we just walk in and like it was all ages and like we would hang out with people and everybody would be coming up and talking with us. Hey, what are you into? He, he got the merch. He's into the bands. And you know, when we were at the Cro-Mag show with Sheer Terror, you know, he was on my shoulders and he was like high-fiving him. And we'd go out in between the sets and like just hang out with everyone. It was just building up that community. And like he was meeting kids who he was then becoming friends with and hoping to see. And that's what I think about when I think the hardcore scene or the metal scene or punk. I just feel like that's what people are looking for. We just walk in and we didn't know that many people. And we just came out with friends. You know, it's just like, to me, that's just, it's such a fantastic thing. And that to me speaks to what, you know, the community, the culture that these art forms are embedded in. You're a clinical psychologist. How does the punk scene look to someone with mental illness or mental health issues? Is it a safe place? Is it a place where they can have therapy or have something that's going to bring them to a better place, closer to mental health? I know that it brought me 
I was feeling very anxious, very depressed, kind of lost. And I know what it did for me, like it was an anchor. That was the way that I would describe it. It became something that anchored my time and my days. And when I would read books like American Hardcore and then see the movie or, or this, this band could be your life, or when I'd read about all these people who have created a life around it, you know, I start to learn about it. Wow, this is how I would want to live my life. And that was a big part of hardcore humanism. Is like, I want to create something that will bring me in touch with this community of people. The fact that you and I are talking in part because like you stepped up with scream therapy, I'm doing hardcore humanism. Now we know that we have some things in common. That to me is so important for people, you know? And I think that if you're someone, I mean, I think the world's a little bit better now for people who are punk or metal or more underground cultures, because I think that there's been so much legwork done over the last 50 years by people who are really pioneers. I listen to, to stories of the people who were there early on and they talk about, you know, I mean, like the idea that someone would get beaten up for like having long hair is like bizarre to me. You had to be either punk or metal, all these kinds of things. But to me, the people who I feel like who really, I think, made up the culture and I think that really have continued on with it, to me, it feels like a very, a very positive thing. You know, you got to be careful, like with any culture, that you just, there's going to be people who are maybe not there with the best mindset or the people who are going to be doing things around it that are problematic. But I enjoy something of a straight edge, not strict straight edge, but for the most part, like a straight edge lifestyle. So for me, it's like it's just all good because I go in. It's like I'm not drinking. I'm not doing anything. I come out. I'm just loving the music. I'm meeting people and I come out with connections. And so. I think most of the people who I know have found a similar experience. I, I think it can be tremendously helpful, like especially for people who don't feel like they always fit in in the world. You know, like here I am, like I'm a middle-aged man. I'm bringing my 10-year-old kid to a show. And like everyone could have been like, the fuck's this guy doing here? You know what I mean? He's bringing some fucking kids. Like, no, it was like the opposite. It was like, this is awesome. That's not always the case in a lot of places. Like I've been to a lot of, social organizations and groups and events where that are that are supposedly like more mainstream people aren't welcoming you like left and right there you know so i i think that that to me is one of the core things it's like it's that hey like this is a place where it's okay to be different like this is a place where it's okay to think outside the box now you're also an expert on cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy can musicians use some of these practices as far as being healthier, I know it's one of those things where practice makes perfect. You know, one, one of the things that I sometimes struggle with with some of the different therapies is that a lot of them have in the literature, at least the old school literature, like where they use the terms like cognitive distortions or irrational thinking or things like that. I think cognitive behavioral therapies moved away from that more which is good. But one thing that's different about the way that I personally practice from cognitive behavioral therapy is that I don't really, I think of thoughts in terms of more like functional. In other words, like where does this thinking lead you as opposed to like, is it rational or irrational? Is it a distortion or not a distortion? Just because I feel like that language is, can be stigmatizing and I think can make things worse. Generally speaking, I think most people who practice CBT don't lean too heavily on those concepts. But I think that there's a lot that you could learn from cognitive behavioral, dialectical behavioral therapies. And I do think that the idea of the practice is very important. The idea of, all right, keep working on these behaviors. Like, how do you get good sleep? 
how do you eat in a healthy way? You know, how do you exercise? How, when you feel yourself emotionally distressed, do you talk to yourself in a way that maximizes feeling validated and understood, but then, you know, paradoxically allows you to not necessarily react behaviorally to it because we don't feel like we're being understood. And, you know, maybe we don't understand ourselves. Maybe we feel like other people aren't listening. And so we kind of amp up the volume so that we feel like people can hear. And so I think that the one thing I would say is that for anybody is that their skills, they're like any other skill. You just practice, 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 keep working with it, keep trying to improve on it. So many of the folks that I've come across in the punk scene and a lot of the bands that I've listened to, people that I've been into since I was a kid, are dealing with mental health issues. And I'm wondering what your take is on that. You know, every research study shows that art therapy, music, music therapy is so healthy for people. It's almost like vegetables or walking, quite frankly. Like if you're painting, drawing, or playing an instrument, or singing, or like whatever, unless you're doing it at some kind of like ridiculous level, it's healthy for you. And yet there's this kind of perception artists and musicians have these severe mental health issues, you know, which is which is sort of like doesn't add up. And the thing that, that I would kind of say to people is that there's a difference between leading a quote unquote kind of more traditional life and stepping out of that to do art or to do music. And that can feel very healthy as opposed to being someone who's got something burning inside of you that needs to come out. I've got this art, this creativity, I've got these feelings that in many cases like propel some of the most interesting and exciting music and art and et cetera. And that is a different feeling because that feels like there's something boiling and brewing and burning within you that is not necessarily just contained to, oh, like an hour a week, I'm going to draw. You know what I mean? It feels like like every moment of every day, <laughs> you're like potentially writing something or doing something. I think that that's one of the very tough things for people is to like, what is this thing in me that is punk rock? Is it just like a creativity that keeps popping out? Like, how do I point it in the right direction? Like, you know, when I'm dressing the way I'm dressing and like, whatever is it, you know, making sure that I'm doing that because that's who I am and who I want to be. And I'm not trying to conform because that's what I think I'm supposed to do to be part of this world. There's so many questions that come along that I think are great questions. I think it's fantastic for people to explore it. To me, the beauty of it is that there is an openness. And I would really encourage people to say, like, look, you don't have to look a certain way, act a certain way, be into a certain style of music to be, quote unquote, punk rock. Again, it's about that mindset, you know, about being open, about not judging people, about, you know, exploring what your passions are and creating a community around that. That, to me, is the real confrontation with anyone that I've, that I've interviewed who I think were like the founders of punk rock or metal or hip hop or any underground culture, that's what they all have in common. You know, they like, people are telling them to go right. And they're like, no, 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 going left feels like the, the correct direction for me. And I'm going to create a sense of purpose around this thing that I, that I find so important. I'm just going to keep working at it. I'm going to build a community around it. And for me, you know, not having grown up in it, coming to it a little later in life. That's what punk rock has been to me. How does finding therapy in punk rock or the punk rock music scene compare it to other forms of therapy, behavioral therapy, talk therapy? The way that any, any therapy or really anything that you want to do works is it has to have four things. What's the issue? 
you know, whether it's something that I'm trying to make better or something I'm trying to improve on, why is it happening? What can we do about it? And how are we going to measure success? So what I would say to anybody is that it doesn't matter whether you're talking about playing music, going to therapy, playing a sport, meditate. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that you can be like, all right, here's the issue that I'm trying to deal with. For some people, maybe it's like, I'm depressed. Maybe some people it's like, well, I'm not depressed, but I don't feel like I have a lot of, I don't have a lot of meaning in my life. One is like a problem. The other one is not a problem per se, but it's like sort of the absence of, of good. And then say, okay, so like, why do I think that's happening? You know, some people say, well, you know, maybe there are things about the way I process information that I don't understand. Some people say, well, no, because the reason why I'm depressed is because I'm not doing things that are really important to me. And it's like, okay, so that's might be one of the reasons. And then you think, okay, what can I do about it? Well, I could go to a therapist and talk about how to find those things, or I could, I could start trying to do something like music, which maybe gets me there quicker. But then you try and you sort of say like, okay, so how am I going to know if music is better? I think to myself like, all right, well, if I say on a scale of zero to 10, the worst depression I've ever had is a 10 and the best depression is a zero. Let me just see each week, like, how am I feeling? And if I'm doing music and all of a sudden I used to be at like an eight or a nine and now I'm at like a three or a four, well, then the, the punk rock is working. If you're going to these punk rock concerts and you're not experiencing a, an improvement in your mood, then you might want to think about therapy and then vice versa. Each of these things is not, it's not so important. One may work better than the other because everything's going to work differently for different people. It's just making sure that you're kind of like aware of what you're dealing with and how you want to try to get better and just being dynamic and active about like, okay, this is working. Maybe something else would work, you know, that kind of thing. You know, having it as more of like a scientific method and a process rather than, oh, I'm just going to go to therapy and everything's going to, you know, work out or, oh, I'm just going to do punk rock and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And there's lots of different kinds of therapies out there. Art Yanoff in the early 1970s wrote the book, The Primal Scream. And the idea yeah. there was that people would just kind of go into some room with a bunch of kids' toys and just start to freak out and scream. I don't really see too much value in that. But I'm thinking of going to punk shows and having someone scream in your face, cool, political, purging-type lyrics, and how that can affect people. Well, yeah, and I think that, I mean, look, because when you think about all the things that you're doing in that situation, like you're you're getting a lot, you know, from a punk rock circumstance, like, you know, depending on how deeply you get into it, you're like, you know, you're reading lyrics that might have meaning to you, you're doing something that feels good, you know, sitting at a punk rock show, you're meeting people who are now, you know, potentially part of a community, you have places to go, like, because once you like a certain style of music, I mean, you go to shows, depending on where you live, you can go to shows all the time, you could get into it as deeply as you want to get into it, you know, and when you have something like that, that can be very, very, you know, it can embolden people, it can invigorate people. I know it did for me. And I think that it certainly has been the backbone of my mental health for a long time. Like, I really don't know what my life would have been like if I had never come across. And I can't believe like I, I lived the first like 30 something years of my life with having no knowledge of or understanding of the music or the culture, considering how important it is to me now. I would even argue that the cell phone story you told before, I mean, imagine being that person dropping your phone, not knowing where it is. I mean, you're expecting someone to step on it or push you around. All of a sudden, this thing happens and you get your phone back. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, and that's that's the thing that's always been so funny is that, you know, because my, my wife is a co-founder of, of Hardcore Humanism, and we actually met when I first started playing, so she would come to our shows, but she's not necessarily as familiar with some of the artists. And so <laughs> she was, when we interviewed uh, Mark Greenway, so, you know, like with Napalm Death, there's like, you know, the hardcore punk and the extreme metal all together. But I think, you know, Mark really, I feel like has like punk rock mindset and you know she's listening to him she's like oh my god he's so sweet so nice and then i, I play her like a video of napalm death <laughs> she's like oh my god what's... and i you know and the thing that just seems to always be the case is that the more intense the music for some reason the the kinder and more gentle the person people like mark like all these people who are these vegan activists, you know what I mean? Like screaming bloody murder on stage and then like, you know, talking about being kind to the most vulnerable creatures on the planet is very natural. Like that just is like, oh, of course, that's how that's going to go. But a lot of people wouldn't normally, if you saw a Napalm Death show or you saw The Locust or something like that, you wouldn't immediately assume, oh, this guy is going to come off and just be like the sweetest guy. I do now. You know, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have thought that. Well, there's a calmness there too, right? It's almost as if by screaming and expelling all this stuff for an hour, you come off just with this relief feeling completely as if you've got rid of your problems for an hour. There's something about the whole process of, oh, okay, like I feel like I have these feelings, whether it's you know, depression or this issue that I have with the world, like I don't like, you know, I don't like factory farming or I don't like the political system. I think maybe I'm the only person out there who thinks this, feel like I'm alone in this. And you go through the point of being like, well, I'm going to say that these feelings matter. You know, I'm going to write them down and I'm going to actually find like-minded people and then I'm going to perform them. Before you even get to the cathartic effects of screaming, like you've done so many therapeutically valuable things that you wouldn't have done before because you could have still been that kid who was just sitting in your room thinking you were the only person who thought that it was kind of uncool to kill helpless animals. You know, you can get that by maybe just even, you know, listening to like Napalm Dad, like Apex Predator or something. But going through that process of getting that all out, I think is fantastic for people. When you look at the therapeutic community, things like peer-to-peer support groups, health coaching, do you see that in punk rock? Do you see punk rock being similar to the recovery community? I think that that's true. I mean, I think that, again, it kind of, it kind of falls into a similar thing of like, what is it that we're trying to do here? Like, what's the issue? You know, maybe it's like, okay, we're coming here for recovery, but in the, you know, hey, we're coming here to put on a good show or watch a good show or, you know, be a part of this. And I think that, you know, definitely along the way, there's a lot of opportunities for mentorship, for support. I think some of the people in my life who are the most, who, who do share a lot of the similarities in terms of not necessarily like the exact style of music all the time, but like an openness to music. Like I, I find myself like I gravitate very much to like people who are open to all styles of music rather than saying like, okay, I, I, I like this particular kind of music. But if you're someone who's in that world, I found that those people are the ones that I can also talk to about some issues because if you're open in terms of music, which I see a lot of these different communities as being, then you're going to be open to dealing with things that are a little bit more troubling. People, what they used to say, I think Steve Blush, uh, when I interviewed, said this, it was like, you know, back in the day, like if you were just at like a, a CB's matinee, 
I hope I'm getting this right. He said something like this. Like if you're just, just getting to a CD show for a hardcore matinee said something about you as a person, you know, it was a little bit more dangerous and you had to be willing to be in something that was kind of at times a scary environment. It meant that you were like, you had a certain amount of grit and you were like committed to that culture. And I think that that's the kind of person who you would also probably then be like, all right, this person could probably handle listening to some of my mental health issues. They're obviously willing to handle a lot of distress in their, in their own life in order to support friends and community and whatever. So, you know, maybe they're more likely to do that. And I've certainly found that like even the guys who I was in a band with, guys who grew up in the New York hardcore scene, I mean, I could talk to them about anything, you know what I mean? Whereas that, that's not always the case with everyone. How has been part of the music scene changed you? Well, I wear black a lot more. <laughs> that's totally uh, all. Yeah, I know. I don't, it's, it's hard. I don't really know that it's, I think it was Keith Richards said, like, you don't write a song, you like discover a song or something to that effect. And sometimes sculptors will say the same thing. I, I don't know, to be honest, that it changed me. I think it actually just let me figure out the way that I always was. I look back historically and I, I think about how I felt about a bunch of different situations and where I felt comfortable and where I didn't. I just didn't have a language for it. You know what I mean? I didn't have it. Like when I would see people who were uh, all just in black, you know, like it's like, I was like, okay, that's, that's not quite me. I'm not there yet. I don't think so. I'm not aware of the fact that I'm there, but I was, I just kind of didn't know it. I think in listening to the music when I, and I would hear and I'd read the stories, I was like, oh God, this is like, this is at least who I want to be. I don't know if I am, but I think again, it wasn't so much that it changed me. I think I just kind of figured out myself a lot more in a way that I honestly, I don't know how it would have gone otherwise for me. I don't think it would have gone well. Why do you say that? Because I, cause I just think of what it was like beforehand. Like I think it was like before I discovered it's like, you know, even just like some of the basics, like I, I would be sitting around. I mean, I shouldn't have been, I should have been doing work or like doing other things. It just felt like it wasn't as, I wasn't as animated. I wasn't as purposeful. And I think that there was something about even now, like I've been somehow, whether it's playing music or doing these interviews directly or indirectly involved with these kind of scenes for not quite 20 years, but almost 20 years. And I don't remember there ever being a time where I wasn't at this point. Maybe now I'm kind of working with a, a buddy of mine on kind of like a more like extreme metal project. And it's like, I just don't remember myself beforehand, like either not having it where I was trying to write something or perform something or interview about it or write about it. And so again, I, I don't think it was like it changed me. I just think I, I finally figured things out. But you know, when you don't have yourself figured out, it can be tough. And that's I in retrospect, I think that's how I felt beforehand. Like I had all this energy, I had all this like kind of, if you want to call it like dark energy and intensity. And, you know, I felt like people are telling me to do certain things or wanting me to do. So it's like, I guess it works, but it doesn't quite fit, whatever. And then somehow when I went to this world, I was like, oh, okay, like this, this somehow fits. It just does. And I think that for anybody, when you're in a circumstance where you just feel like something clicks for you, it has like much more widespread effects. Because if you feel like things are not clicking for you, it does. it's not just about that individual thing. It's about you kind of question yourself as a person more holistically. 
And when you're around people or doing things that just feel more like you, it's just like, oh, okay, like these thoughts I'm having, like here, here's this other person. Like I, di- I didn't even know I had it in me to scream before I went to that audition. You know what I mean? Like I, now screaming to me is like kind of normative. Has screaming been therapeutic for you? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. You know, your whole body vibrates when you do it. You don't really know, like, how's your body supposed to feel when you scream? How's your mind supposed to feel when you scream? But now that I know what that's like, and I know that it's like, you know, I guess it's been, it's been validated to a certain extent, like, oh, okay, this is how it's supposed to feel. It's great. Like, I, I just, it's probably for some people what meditating does, you know, but I feel like my, it's like, a, it's kind of like a massage from like the inside out in a way, you know, cause I just, I feel like it's a release. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Scream Therapy. I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about myself. I was born in Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada. After my mental breakdown in 2018, I had to take a break because everything seemed impossible. I needed to focus on my recovery. I did my best to take care of my mental health while dealing with the intense mood episodes of bipolar. I'm really glad that this podcast has been a big part of my recovery, and I thank you for listening. Screen Therapy is now airing on college and community radio stations. They include my hometown radio station, CGMP, out of Powell River, CJSF 90.1 FM from Simon Fraser University, Radio Humber from Humber College in Toronto, Ontario, Radio Waterloo, CKMS from Waterloo, Ontario, and Kootenai Co-op Radio in Nelson, BC. You can connect with me at soundcloud.com slash screamtherapy. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care and be well.